It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 226, entitled So Many Planes. It was recorded on Monday the 17th of October 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley and today I'm joined by three guests. I'm joined by Ken Elliott. I'm also joined by Davinda Sinkainth and Michelle Butler-Jones. We are here, as you might expect, to talk about WordPress. There's a few bits and pieces going on this week that we mentioned. The first thing is to say that WordPress release candidate number one for WordPress 6.1 has been released and you can go and update and have a look at the changes. Gutenberg 14.3 is updated and has got some nice new features with dragging and dropping images. Davinda on the show today talks about the WP Awards for 2022 and how you can vote and what you might vote for. We spent quite a bit of time doing some voting. Bluehost and GoDaddy have got their managed WooCommerce versions and they're being joined by WordPress.com in 2023. What's that all about? We also get into the topic of Black Friday deals. I show off our Black Friday page. I also mention the fact that in the coming week, Tuesday next week, I've got a UI UX show with Peach and Neri and how you can get involved in that. There's a lifetime deal for Ninja Tables, which is out. And also we talk about internet security and passwords. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WP builds. Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning, depending on where you're joining us from. Very nice to have you with us. This is episode number 226. It's ridiculous of the WP builds this week in WordPress show. We're here to talk about a load of WordPressy stuff that's happened in the last seven days, and uh, it would be dreadfully dull if it was me doing that all by myself. So as always, I'm joined by some fabulous WordPress guests. You can see on the screen. I'm going to get it right. Yes. First off, we've got uh, Ken Elliott. How are you doing, Ken? Good, good. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, really good. Thank you. Ken's um, Ken's joining us today from the United States, so he's one of the early risers. I appreciate it. And Ken is uh, a recovering code addict and co-owner of Be Creative. That's BK creative media solutions you can see it on his little moniker there uh, which is and he's based out of columbia south carolina he's the also the co-organizer of the columbus wordpress meetup group and his goal is to help small and medium-sized businesses to grow their audience by providing online visibility services it's been a while since we've had you on it's a pleasure to have you back ken it's good to be back i appreciate it so much thank you yeah you're welcome. Ken's audio seems to be sort of dropping in and out, but fear not. We're just going to persevere. Um, it's going to be all right. It's a bit sort of clicky, but never mind. Um, we're also joined by Michelle Butcher-Jones. Hello, Michelle. Hello. How are you doing? I'm a bit chilly. It is like <laughs> 41 Fahrenheit, which makes it like, what, like three in Celsius for the rest of the world this morning. Whoa, 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 that's colder than where I live. What? <laughs> is, that, is that not normal, I'm guessing? 
No, it's fairly normal. We go anywhere from uh, like zero, a uh, negative ten to a hundred Fahrenheit where I live. Ooh. We get all uh, the weathers. <laughs> yeah, it is that time of the year. Let me introduce uh, Michelle properly. Michelle Butcher Jones is a nationally known and sought after WordPress speaker trainer and security specialist. She's also the CEO of 13 Core. She's been involved in the WordPress community, helping people learn how to use their self-hosted WordPress sites, keep it secure, and enjoys the process of building a great website for all the people. Thank you for joining us today, Michelle. Just out of interest, Michelle, because I have forgotten, and I apologize for that. Where exactly are you at three degrees centigrade? I am in Carbondale, Illinois, which is um, about 50 miles north of the southernmost tip of Illinois, so yeah. opposite end of Chicago. Okay, yeah, I can understand why it's cold in that case. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I bet where Davinda, I'm going to guess, Davinda, that it's not that cold where you are. Well, it, it has started getting cold now, at least during nights. Like the yeah, define cold. Are off. Well, for us, 20 degrees Celsius is also very cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's getting no sympathy from us. <laughs> we, uh, oh, that's a good summer's for, day for us. For us, hot is forty degrees Celsius. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can you can keep that, but I'll happily have the twenty degrees centigrade yeah, winters. Just like fluid where, topography. So yeah, where exactly are you? I'm in North India. I'm in a place called Mohali, Chandigarh, which is like six hours drive from New Delhi. So we are in the foothills of Himalayas. So it's it's a plain area, no mountains, but you can see the mountains from here. And yeah, so we get uh, our, our range is like we can drop to one degree Celsius in, you know, winters. Yeah, I, I know. I know this feeling. I've, I've experienced this. Anyway, proper introduction. It's a short one, but um, Davinda Sinkent is the WordPress um, sorry, is in the WordPress space, building client websites, coaching, creating digital products and content spaces like the WPweekly.com newsletter. I'm going to say that one more time. The WPweekly.com WordPress newsletter. Go and check it out. Uh, and also something which we're going to mention a little bit later, probably in about 20 minutes or so. Davinda's got a fabulous award going on, um, which we'll mention in just a moment. We're here to talk about WordPress, so let's get stuck into that. A few self-promotional bits. Oh, no. First of all, let's see if anybody's made any comments because we love having people make comments. If you wish to make a comment, please feel very free to do that. Um, there are a couple of caveats around that. The, the, the easiest place to go to make comments is to wpbuilds.com forward slash live but that is a youtube stream and it's got youtube comments so that means you'll have to have some kind of google account uh, in order to be recognized there another option is to go into our facebook group and that's wpbuilds.com forward slash facebook but there's a caveat there and that is that facebook won't share your avatar or name with us unless you go to the following chat.restream.io forward slash fb and if you do that, then it, we will see who you are. Some people get around that by just remaining anonymous, but just typing their name as the first thing each time they comment. Otherwise, you literally come through as Facebook user with a blank icon. So we don't really know who you are. Um, also, if you fancy sharing it, please do that. WPBuilds.com forward slash live again. And uh, yeah. Okay, let's see who's here. We've got Maya. Hello, Maya. She says, she, oh, there we go. So carrying on the conversation that us British people love so very much, the weather. Uh, every Hello, everyone from sunny and cold Belgrade. Yeah, I feel kind of smug this week. You know, it's not that cold in the UK. This 
never happens. So I'm going to take every single thing I can get. The weather seems to be the theme because we're learning from Courtney Robertson that it's uh, a, a foggy Monday in Gettysburg, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Hi, Courtney. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Uh, this is an example of it. Look, so this Facebook user, we don't know who you are, but it says, yay, go Davinda. Um, so if I you think want that's to... Pete Everett. I just uh, saw it. Thank you, Facebook. Pete. Thank you, Pete. Appreciate your uh, participation. But if you want to do that thing, you can click the link in the thing at the top and it'll show you what to do. And again, it's all the weather. Check it out. Good morning from cool and cloudy Connecticut. Oh, very accurate, Peter, with all the data. 46.9 degrees Fahrenheit or 8.2 degrees centigrade. That's fabulous. This should be the beginning every single week. And then we've also got Rahul, who's coming to us from Kolkata, India. Thank you very much, guys, ladies, gentlemen, whoever you might be. Appreciate it. Okie dokie, let's get stuck into what we're doing today. I apologize for the self-promotional bit at the beginning, but there's a couple of things that I want to mention before we get stuck in properly. Um, if you would like to follow what we do, this is our website, wpbuilds.com. We are proudly sponsored by GoDaddy, as you can see on the bottom of that page. Thank you, GoDaddy, for helping us keep the WP Builds podcast going. You'll also notice at the top, we have a banner for the wpbuilds.com black forward slash black it's our black friday page where we're going to put a load of black friday links over the days and weeks to come guys i want your honest opinion right uh, so this is this is to ken this is to davinda and also michelle is that button just stupid what do you think that's my black friday button and it's completely black the button itself no but i would make it um, for the lettering a bit more white so it can pop to read it to my yeah I was kind of getting kinda... older that I'm you know I'm 29 plus change yeah I was kind of <laughs> just thinking I don't know I just thought it might capture people's attention but then of course I'm just being a bit of an idiot I just thought it was kind of clever what do you reckon Davinda should I make it actually white text on a black background that's not good from accessibility. Oh, I know. I know it's you know, not good. I just thought it was a good gimmick. The <laughs> swords will come out really fast. So, <laughs> so better uh, like, you can change it to say uh, C, 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 three C's yeah. uh, color. That would also look gray and still visible and will make yeah. it. I think I think I'll do something like that, but I'm I, I'm not going to do it right now. <laughs> I'll do that later. But okay, okay. So the the jury's in. Ken, what do you think? I 100% hope this clicking is still going on, but I 100% agree. At least you know worst worst case scenario, you could make the background yellow. And yeah, text white. But <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it. I'll do it as soon as this show's finished. Anyway, if you click that button, you get to this page, which is our WP builds. Uh, Black Friday deals page. We've got um, we've got a few. It's, they sort of start to dribble in about now, but you can see there's quite a few different deals already uh, listed up there, and it's searchable, filterable. So you know, if you just click this button, you can sort of filter by different type and price, and you know, by name. So for example, I don't know, social. It gives you a list of, and you can filter down to the one that you want. And, so on and so forth. Uh, and then also, if you're interested in sponsoring this page, we get quite a lot of uh, hits every year. We've got a couple of sponsors so far. GoDaddy and WS Forms have sponsored it. But if you fancy doing that, click this Find Out More button here, this one right here underneath the yellow circle, and uh, we'll get you on the page. That'd be good. 
Another quick self-promotional thing is um, I've got a show with Peach and Eri this coming. No, not this coming. A week tomorrow, so a week on Tuesday. And it's our monthly URUX show. Um, if you want to get your site looked at by Peacher, as Courtney did last month, then come and fill out this form. The URL is wpbuilds.com forward slash UI. Fill out the form and you never know, we might get you on the site, but we're also looking for deceptive designs as well. That is to say, dark patterns, as they used to be called. We're looking to call out stupid examples on the internet where people deliberately try and confuse you, like this stupid black button at the top here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Promotion stuff all over. Let's get on with the WordPress stuff for this week. I don't know if anybody's got anything to add to this, but I'm just going to broadly say what's going on. Uh, WordPress 6.1 has reached a release candidate stage. Release candidate is that period just before it's ready. In other words, we think it's ready, but it now needs pounding by people like you, dear listener, uh, to go and find things that are wrong with it. It's supposed to be coming out in just a, probably about two and a half weeks time now. And the, the features have all been frozen. There's nothing going to be added. This is just at the point now where we need people to go and pound on it and just see that everything's working okay. This is an article on WP Tavern. It was on the 12th of October, and Sarah Gooding mentions all of the different changes that have made it into that release candidate. There's quite a few of them. They're on the screen, but I won't list them all out. Um, I don't know if Davinda, Ken, or Michelle probably have nothing to say about that, but if you do, go for it now. I think there's a lot of... Uh... A lot of features that are coming in this release. Um, I think fluid font uh, sizes is a good yep. start to you know uh, fix the make it easy with a responsive. And plus, there's a also improvement how CSS is generated for blocks. And I think now uh, there's also you know uh, uh, you will uh, block themes will require less CSS as more elements like buttons, headings. They are getting into JSON and uh, theme.json support. So. There's a lot of there's also performance improvement which everyone will be happy like uh, there will be catching of database queries via uh, with the wp dash uh, underscore query class so that will make even hosting companies happy because <laughs> the less database power you will be required so yeah and the other feature that caught my attention but it's I think it didn't make it to 6.5 6.1 is the content only editing and locking feature so i'm not yeah. sure if it's coming but maybe they've held it back so that yeah is i can't remember where we got to with that to be honest but this is where um let's say a theme developer can sort of enable different locking mechanisms within the block editor is that are we talking about the same thing exactly yeah yeah yeah, and that'll be kind of nice because at the moment, basically anybody with access to a post or a page can, although there is a locking feature, it doesn't really lock anything. It just sort of, <laughs> you know, it locks it to the point where anybody can unlock it and then just start editing. But so it's a kind of visual lock, but not much more than that. So yeah, that'll be a nice thing. And then the idea of being able to lock parent items and child items and so on and, you know, Even assign that by user role and things like that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Ken, Michelle, anything on that or should we move on? I'm just more at the excited guy. about the more block changes there are, the more it's growing, the more easier it's going to be. And hopefully, eventually, the more people will like it. <laughs> that tells me, Michelle, that you're, well, either you're all in on blocks or you're at least very bullish about them. Have you, have you got that? You know, is that your modus operandi now? Are you building sites with blocks or are you still using, a, I don't know, the traditional theming approach or perhaps a page builder or something like that? I'm still doing the traditional theme approach at the moment. Um, I'm actually still on, um, I love my Genesis sites, um, or using um, 
cadence or astra for building but i'm just the more it grows the more fun it is the more easier it is to use and i feel like once we have everything kind of more figured out on getting the kinks out it's going to be hopefully in a way like with goots where it's just going to make it easier for everyone to use who wants to use it in that capacity hmm. ken you're guys heavy um, there's a lot of information in there. Like I said, I looked at a lot of stuff for the core, and then it seems it's a big push for core and um, editors, so I'm kind of interested to see a lot of those things there. But overall, just, I think they said, what, 500 updates and fixes? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I've forgotten the number. Yeah. It was, it was pretty heavy. I was kind of impressed. Um, and so we'll, we'll see. Um, I don't use a lot of the defaults because I use... Um, advanced custom fields pretty heavy for our client websites, but I'd be interested to see just performance-wise how it handles. Mm, thank you very much. Um, okay, that's great. So yeah, the, the, atten the, the intention of these articles really is to just get people to pound on it. So uh, it's ready to, to be played with. Like I said, the features are all frozen, I think. Uh, so go and have a play. Don't do it on a production website, please. Make sure that you've got some sort of local website or at least some sort of staging website. Go and play with it there. And then in a few weeks' time, we'll have a shiny new version of WordPress, so that'll be really nice. Okay, let's move on to the next piece then. Actually, let's pull this one up, um, the order, because we'll separate a few tavern articles out. This Davinda is now a bit of a thing, isn't it? Is this the this the third time you've run this or the second time or maybe the fourth? I can't remember. This is the WP Awards 2022. How long has it been going? Uh, Devinder, I think you've muted yourself. I think it's the second year now. Okay. Um, so this time the response has been, I think, 5x more than the last year because... <gasps> Nice. Last year was the first one, so not many people knew it, and they were like, okay, let's see what this is all about. Now, now all those people who participated last year brought in more people, so yeah, it's been, I'm, I, I had a busy last week, you know, communicating with a lot of people. Some were a little angry why my product went in this category and not that, so. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, or presumably a few people saying, why isn't my product in any category? That kind of thing. Exactly. But, you know, I, I you got to have a certain strict rules. My rule was like, if you don't submit it during nomination phase, it doesn't get into the voting thing because I, there's so many products. I cannot manually put all the products there, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So that's an interesting thing. So it's got, a, it's got a series of phases. The idea is just like any award, you know, the Oscars or whatever it might be. It's just to sort of raise a bit of awareness about, um, about various different things within the WordPress community. So it's, um, you had a call for sponsors, which obviously you're satisfied. We can see your sponsors listed across there. And then you had, uh, several weeks where, oh no, seven, like six or seven weeks where you called for nominations to go into uh, yeah, I increased it. In the first one, I only had like three or four weeks, and a lot of people emailed me after that. Hey, I didn't know I missed it, so I actually intentionally increased the you know spacing of weeks for every phase this time around. And then voting began. I'm not sure when, but it, presumably it began shortly after the the you know the September the 15th. So you can now go and Last vote. Week. Yeah. When? Sorry. Last week. Last oh, okay. Monday. 
So it's um it's open for voting and it will be until the very end of November, 30th of November. And all you've got to do is submit your name, your email address, and then it's broadly, just I'll just go through a, a selection of them. How many categories are there? There's about, well, there's not about, there's 23 different categories. And it ranges from things like themes, page builders, forms, dynamic data, Gutenberg add-ons, Elementor, SEO. I'm just doing them at random. Members and courses, e-commerce tools, uh, content tools, WordPress blog. Podcast, <clears throat> podcast <laughs> section nineteen. Podcast. I'm not going to say that again. Podcast nineteen. So, oh look, one of those. Another one there. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a podcast there, and the idea is that you just go through, vote for your different ones. You can you can completely leave sections blank if you like. So in theory, you could just vote for for one section, and then what do you do with it all, Davinda? When all that data has been amassed and the final date has been uh, eclipsed. Tw- uh, it looks like you're announcing things, but what does that mean? What do you do with the announcement? So, <clears throat> you know, besides, you know, voting and all that, the feedback that I've got last year, it was like, hey, I didn't know this product was popular or was existed, has existed in this category. So thanks for actually doing it. Like people are discovering new products just by looking at the voting form. So once the voting is over, I just download the data, run a function in Google, you know, sheet and find top three in every category. So there's top three in every category and there's top five overall who gets the maximum votes. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. I seem to remember the admin bar last year was the sort of like the overall winner. It won the, like the full Monty. Was that right? I'm sure it, sure yep. it was. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and then there were various other bits and pieces. So basically, we're encouraging you to go and vote. It's the, oh, I thought the URL was going to be the WP Awards, but it's not. It's over at your um, website, the WPweekly.com. That is also the URL. It gets redirected. So. Oh, so if we go to the WPAwards.com, would we, would we get redirected to here? Yes. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. In that case, let's go through a few and we're going we're, we're gonna, to, in a non-partisan way, say what our favorites are. Politically, if you can't say what your favorite is, that's fine. We'll just brush it aside and move on. Uh, Davinder, are you allowed to say anything at this point? <laughs> no, I can clearly tell my favorites. No big deal. It's just like my favorites are just the tools that I'm using currently, so which yeah. may change down the line. But yeah. Again. Okay. Okay. Davinder, let's go through. So, Ken, Michelle, Davinder, let's go for a few of these categories. What's your favorite theme currently? What would you be putting for in here? Mm-hmm. Mine would be Astra because that's what I use. So Okay, fair enough. Ken, is yours featured here or not? Hello theme. <laughs> hello. So that's the hello this one. This would be you. No. Um <laughs> yes. that's the that's the Elementor theme, isn't it? Of course. Yep. The like super lightweight Elementor theme. So we've got one vote for Elementor, the hello theme. We've got one vote. What did you say, Devinda? Astra. Astra. Yeah. Okay. And Michelle, would it be any of these or no? I'm gonna go with Cadence. Oh, so Cadence theme. And the one that I've used most recently would be, I'm just going to do it by that. I played with it the other day and really enjoyed it, would be Bloxy. So I'm going to. And you know, one notable omission in this category last year, Genesis was there, but no one submitted Genesis this year. Oh, Michelle, you missed it. Better luck next time. Uh, Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let's keep going. This is fun. Page builders. Let's start with Michelle. Page builder up here. Maybe it's a no. Maybe it's a yes. I'm I'm getting to be really just in love with Gutenberg. But if you're going to actually pick a standalone page builder plugin, it's still Beaver Builder. 
Beaver Builder gets Michelle's vote. What about you, Ken? Why not? Let's stay put. Um, Elementor is really Where... simple to just drag and drop. Yep. Elementor. So that's okay. And Devendra, I'm going to guess yours. <laughs> I'm going to guess this one. I'm gonna, I think you're going to say Beaver Builder. Absolutely. All my clients. <laughs> just stick with one tool and just be yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the, the thorn in everybody's side. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Gutenberg. If not Gutenberg, I would have said Beaver Builder. It's definitely a toss-up between those two. But more recently I have been using uh, Gutenberg to do everything just because I want to see how all of that works. Okie dokie. Should we go with forms? Let's do a couple more. I'm enjoying this. Uh, Davinda, you first. What for? can well, I guess this as well? I'm gonna yeah, guess yeah. this one. Uh, yeah. I think you're gonna say fluent forms. Yeah, because this form is made with fluent forms. So. <laughs> yeah, I had a look. Uh, this is definitely made with fluent forms. But I'm forms, also so. a gravity forms user because traditionally that was the first actual, you know, complex or modern form that I've used, and it's still active on a lot of client sites. But yeah. in recent times, a lot of other sites have fluent forms as well. So. Do you know, it's interesting in here, just before I get to Michelle and uh, Ken, there's a couple on here that I genuinely haven't even heard of. Like, I've, I've never heard of Jetform Builder or Metform. Uh, so that you're right. It kind of promotes me to go and look at new tools that I'd never heard of before. Okay, Ken, favorite form builder then? Yeah, Gravity Forms is right okay. where I'd be at. Fair play. Gravity Forms, solid, isn't it? Absolutely rock solid. It's kind of like the default, isn't it? If somebody talks about it forms is. in WordPress, that seems to be the one that... Gets the mention more typically. And their and the new user interface is really neat. It yep. almost like a block editor. So. Yeah, it looks, it's mimic the block editor very closely, doesn't it? It really does look like it. Although I'm told it's not it. It's just a, a skin <laughs> yeah. that looks like it. Yeah. And what about you, Michelle? Which would you go for? I've tried a few of these on here, and I always keep going back to Gravity Forms. Okay, Gravity Forms, the clear winner here. I'm using Fluent Forms. I think, Davinda, you and I probably got, a, a, I'm going to say like three, four years ago or something, there was a lifetime deal on Fluent Forms, and it was a really great deal. It was like $150 for lifetime use or something. And and I don't have very comprehensive form needs, you know, and the fact that Davinda can build something like this illustrates that it can do that. So that's kind of where I ended up with. Okay, let's do a couple. I really am enjoying this. This is ridiculous. I'm really loving it. Uh, okay, dynamic data plugins. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Ken's just because of what you said a minute ago. I'm gonna say ACF Pro definitely. Yep, definitely. And it's much interesting now that it's been um, bought. So the interface has changed a little bit. I think we're on six oh six one. I can't remember, but yeah, the interface has changed a little bit. So getting used okay. to that. Yeah, yeah. It's got a lot nicer, hasn't it? I feel that they've they've got rid of a lot of um, vertical space in yes. uh, the latest ACF. They've decluttered it, and I, I use ACF. For me, it would definitely be ACF as well, and I, I went in as soon as I got that email and had a look. I was like, it's pretty subtle, but it actually meant that I could see a lot more on the screen. So, Absolutely. yeah, nice, nice point. Okay, Davinda, forms. Uh, sorry, dynamic data. I always use pods, but I've used ACF Pro on other sites, but then I also use Beaver Themer on every website. So it's Yeah, it's of... interesting that this ended up here, Beaver Themer, as a dynamic data plugin. But yeah. Ideally, so... it should be in the dev tool category, maybe, because, uh, but then it's sort of related because, yep. again, it handles the output, which yep. pods can also handle the output. So I'll yep. give a word to pods here. Yep. Okay. Um, and Michelle. Um, it's a toss-up for me between ACF Pro and Pods. 
Interesting. Um, if it's me, me personally building it, I have better success for myself with pods. Um, but a couple of my developers are much more um, with ACF Pro. Okay. Okay. Uh, just got a couple of comments coming in. Um, Pete Everett says that he really likes the new ACF layout. So yeah, totally agree. Rob Cairns is saying that he uses WS4. This is great. We're having these votes coming in live. This is brilliant. Uh, and Pete Everett is also saying another one uh, for Beaver Themer as well. Yeah, interesting. Okay, uh, let's miss a few out. I'm oh, oh, everybody's favorite talking point, backup and migration. Okay, where are we, where are we at with this? I'm going to stick my foot in the sand and say it used to be backup body. Then it's either me, it's either going to be Blog Vault or Updraft Pro, I think. It's one of those two. I've got like a 50-50 split, I think, more or less with those mm -hmm. two. So that's me, Blog Vault or Updraft. Uh, Ken, where are you going with this? God, I hate to preach me first, but I'm telling you what I've used all in one. I've used, I'm using WP Vivid right now. I've used Updraft. Oh my goodness, if I had to make a decision. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only reason why I was a big fan of all in one was mostly because it was just bring it, download it, upload it yep. really quick. So yep. that was one of the biggest reasons why I like <laughs> all in one migration. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll stick with that as if that's your vote. Of course, you can change your mind at any point. Um, and Michelle? I've tried most of these, and I did yeah. used to really be a Backup Buddy fangirl. Um, now it's mostly Updraft Plus for uh, backups, but Blog Vault for migrations. Ah, uh -huh, interesting. Yeah, Blog Especially Vault is... Poof. Oh, yeah. Sorry, especially when Flywheel and WP Engine and a lot of their migration plugins are technically just Blog Vault plugins. Yeah. And of course, Blog Vault have got Migrate Guru as well, which kind of could have fitted into here, which it kind of almost feels like a SaaS service as well. You know, it just sort of does everything and it's super fast. Who haven't we said? We've had Kent. Davinda, where are you going with this? Backup buddy and all-in-one migration are the one I've always used. So, but I use all-in-one migration more these days. So, okay, all okay, all righty, okay. Let's uh, let's just get okay. Uh, where are we going? Oh, yeah, oh podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, okay, uh, I'm not voting in this one, and neither is anybody else because that's just ridiculous. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Let's stop there, shall we? We've probably done enough of that. Okay, I enjoyed that. That was quite a quite a bit of fun. Cloudways Migrator says Pete Everett. Cloudways Migrator plugin isn't on there, although it's based on Blogfold. Yeah, a lot of um, Pete, a lot of the hosts have kind of skinned. I think Blogvault have got like a like a how to say it like a white label kind of thing with a lot of the hosting companies, and so you do find that. So I don't know if it's that. Um, anyway, the point is go to. Uh, the wpweekly.com forward slash awards, or better yet, if you just go right to the top and just search for the WP Awards 2022. Uh, it's, it's the wpawards.com, and you'll be able to do it and have a bit of fun, like we just did, making some votes. Uh, that was good. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Okay, next one. Gutenberg 14.3 improves drag and drop. This is all about images, this piece. It's Sarah Gooding, 14th of October. 
And essentially, they're just tightening up. If you don't use, if you use Gutenberg in WordPress, great. But there's also a Gutenberg plugin, which is kind of like the bleeding edge of what's happening in WordPress Gutenberg development. So if you want to see what's coming, you can install the Gutenberg plugin and it'll enable you to see. It's kind of like the beta version of things. And there's, it, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty nuanced, but essentially you can now drag and drop images into a paragraph block. Prior to this, you had to uh, specify an image block and then go and uh, search for your image and so on. Now in this video, it's hard to sort of see what's going on, but there's basically a paragraph block there and they drop an image in and it's you're done. So that's kind of nice. There's also, uh, what else was there? Let me just have a little look. I can't remember what else there was, to be honest, as well, but that was the sort of headline item. Can anybody else remember what was in this piece? I've forgotten now. Yeah. Da, da, da. let me have a look oh there's a zoomed in that was it there's a zoomed in view so there's this possibility um to sort of zoom in so that you can order your um the blocks and it says here the site editor also has a drag and drop capabilities for blocks and patterns in the new zoomed out view it's not called zoomed in view it's called zoomed out view although i kind of see it as being zoomed in which was added in gutenberg 14.1 it zooms out to focus on building and composing patterns allowing users to move things around without affecting inner blocks so in other words you can sort of just drag things including parent items and it takes children along for the ride and if you watch this short video it's not really illustrative of that but you can just sort of click on the inspector, drag things in, and in it goes, and then you can move them up and down in the in that easy-to-use way. So that's good. And there's also um, support here for Alt plus keyboard combinations for navigating blocks. I confess I was never using keyboards to navigate the blocks, but apparently in the past it wasn't so easy to do. But now if you use the Alt plus the Op arrow, you'll get to the very top of the paragraph that you've currently been editing, which is kind of nice if you're using lots of paragraphs. That's kind of cool. You can get to the top without without fiddling your mouth and guess with your mouse. And guess what? If you use the Alt Down arrow, you'll get to the end of a text block. And that's basically it. Anybody got anything to add on that? Well, drag and drop was very bad when Gutenberg was introduced. Like you would drag something and you will just pray it landed at the right place. But now, fortunately, they've improved a lot with every new version. And now I think drag and drop is almost similar to a you know baked page builder, almost there, but still some refinement can be there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's kind of quirky, isn't it? You know, Ken can probably nod to this if he's been using Elemental for ages and Beaver Builder the same. There's never been a time in those products development where you couldn't accurately put an image exactly where you wanted it. You know, from the from like version one, you just drag on the image, stick it exactly where you want it, and there it is. There was just no failure rate. And quite to my surprise, at least anyway, when Gutenberg rolled out, that that was a hot mess. You, tr I mean, you literally ended up at a completely random place. Quite often I'd drag an image and it would go to the top of the post for no apparent reason, even though I was like 14 paragraphs in. But it's definitely heading for sort of com uh, comparity, I would say. So, yeah. Ken, anything, Michelle? Nope, I, I, this was one of my pain points too. It's kind of getting to the point where you could you could definitely hand this over to clients and they've got a little bit more of a fighting chance of uh, of managing things. Sorry, Ken, I think I might cross talk no, to you. No, no, you're fine. I was going to ask more of a question. Um, how close is this to, I guess, and this is kind of a question for everybody, how close do you think this is to the end result, like where you're looking 
at other platforms that are able to do drag and drop? Um, can I, I might go first there. It's, it's, <laughs> do you know what? I want to say it's really close. It's not really close um, because the, so, so in something like Elementor, you can, you can really, really see it, it's literally identical, right? Apart from the fact that you've got the UI with the little borders going around it and you've got the cogs and, you know, the little tool panels which appear when you're hovering over things. Basically, as soon as you press save, same in Beaver Builder, the, that UI goes away, but the page looks identical, doesn't it? It's just the same. You, you really don't quite get that experience because there are bits of the UI in Gutenberg which get in the way. Like if you're if you're adding a new block, for example, there's this big plus icon which stretches the width of the screen more or less, and so it sits there, and you can't make it go away. So there's all sorts of different things. the The, the quirky thing is, after using it for a period of time, you know that that isn't going to be there. So you just do these little mental jumps, and you think, okay, that won't be there, that won't be there, that would, and it'll, and and in the end, you can predict what it's going to look like more or less perfectly. But it does take more effort. I don't know if you guys agree, Devinder and Michelle. I think this reminds me when Gutenberg came out that that reminded me of a you know page builder plugin or builder plugin called Site Origin that came yep. before Beaver Builder or Elementor and you know Divi and all that all that things. But even comparing this with non-WordPress solution, I think we can better compare it with Elementor and Beaver Builder in terms of you know usability. Now yep. As of now, WordPress uh, block editor is pretty good if you are only using it to write content, like dragging paragraphs, headlines. That's that's perfectly fine. But if you're trying to build a layout, say a landing page, homepage, then it's not a visual editor like Nathan. You pointed out like uh, you do something, but that doesn't look that way when you preview the page, right? So maybe that's not their intention. So comparing it with Squarespace, Wix, and all those other, even Webflow, uh, <laughs> doesn't make much sense because first we need to compare with their own cousins and sisters within WordPress. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. The intention cannot be to have it exactly WYSIWYG, otherwise they would have got rid of those UI components which cause it to be so difficult. So I would say, Ken, it's, it's definitely worth experimenting with. I think feature-wise, it's on par. And the the capability of blocks is going to be extremely powerful. So you'll be able to drag in like whole mini, well, mini applications with a block, um, which will be at some point easier easier to build because of things like the Creator tool, which has come out fairly recently. So it enables you to build blocks in sort of like a, and you, you don't have to go through the whole process of learning React and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's it's definitely not there, and you know text is fine, images is fine, but if you're trying to do complicated layouts, and it's with... more of a foundation that's WordPress is providing us. Because in the end, yeah, if you really yeah. want that polished experience, there are a lot of block add-ons that have appeared. Just add one of those, you'll get closer to Elementor kind of an experience. Yeah, that's a good point. Something like Cadence, Cadence theme and blocks, or generate blocks, or all of the other different things. It's worth playing with, though. I would say, Ken, because it does. It does give you a sort of a, an interesting idea of where the project is heading. Anyway, sorry, Michelle, I think you were maybe going to speak. Oh, on that one, no, I don't have anything. 
Okay, okay, sorry, interrupted. Yeah, definitely worth a look, but um, not quite there yet. Let's have a look, another look. Peter's just com- made in a, making a comment. Another factor regarding the WYSIWYG is the theme being used. Yeah, that's a good point. Some are better than others on the editor side. And then, Ken, I don't know if you've been following the story recently. We've also had this uh, since probably about six months ago. We've had full-site editing, which requires a, a full-site editing theme. And they're a completely different beast altogether. You know, you start... I would say the friction of creating things like navigation is still really hard. I, I wouldn't be putting that in front of clients just yet, whereas the traditional WordPress uh, appearance menu uh, section is still superior, I would say, uh, for clients. But, yeah, yeah, it's definitely worth a look. Um, and then, you know, you've got people like Mike Oliver who are using things like Generate Blocks who pretty much can get pixel perfect. You know, you show him a site. Um, and he can build that in generate blocks really, really quickly. And it's it's exactly the same as the original, but it's only using five blocks, which is pretty pretty cool. You know, you don't need all the all the cruft, as it were. So yeah, anyway, interesting. All right, let's move on. This one. WP Tavern again. Uh Sarah Gooding. Okay, so I think this is gonna be our hot topic of the week. Word WordPress has decided that they're going to do a hosted WooCommerce solution to WordPress.com in 2023, following recent launches from GoDaddy and Bluehost. If you've been listening to this show, you will know that over the last... I I can't point the dates out. Maybe Courtney in the comments can help me out here, certainly from the GoDaddy side. Um, GoDaddy and Bluehost have both put out their own um, WooCommerce solutions, GoDaddy's, one of the main pitches for the GoDaddy offering is that you get all the WooCommerce stuff, but then you also get a slightly cheaper payment gateway as opposed to the Stripe transaction fees, which I think is 2.9%. I think the GoDaddy uh, payments option is 2.4%. So that's one of the um, one of their sort of unique selling points. Bluehost recently acquired Yith, and so one of their selling points is that you get all of the Yith plugins along for the ride. And I suppose this begs the question, I wonder why WordPress.com hasn't got into this. Well, now they are going to be getting into it uh, in the very near future. Um, From the GoDaddy, sorry, from the um, WordPress.com team, um, somebody called Mariana, I think, uh, said that it's going to have the following uh, options. It's going to be WooCommerce pre-installed, activated and hosted, a pre-packaged set of essential plugins. Don't know what they'll be, but essential plugins. Don't know what that means. Uh, simplified onboarding with partner systems to improve conversion, competitive monthly pricing to reduce churn, uh, and co-marketing and revenue share with hosts. So that to me felt like the whole thing was in competition. And then I kind of read this comment right at the bottom here. You can see Matt Mullenweg, the co-founder of WordPress, says he just wants, wants to make it clear that the Woo's hosting, in air quotes, package will be open to any host who wants to partner with them and offer it, including GoDaddy, Bluehost, and Liquid Web. And for me, at least, that muddied the waters because I didn't really understand what that meant. So in other words, are they putting this solution together which companies, hosting companies can come and say, we would like to, to bundle that in our hosting? Do they pay WordPress.com? Is there a, how does it work? I don't know. But obviously, this the, the the WooCommerce space is sort of heating up with lots and lots of people uh, now getting into it as a one-click sort of solution by the by the hosting and get WooCommerce along for the ride. It's fascinating. It's really really sort of hotting up. So I'll open it up to you three if you want to comment on that. 
Yeah, it's it's an interesting time because with WooCommerce, you know, the thing is WooCommerce is easy to install, but when the store starts running, it becomes difficult and it's mostly mm -hmm. the hosting part that drags the whole, you know, experience down. And now it's all about consolidation and it's not just, uh, you know, uh, hosting companies can charge premium for WooCommerce specific things. And plus they can also make money via your their own payment, you know, which is sort of a recurring income for, you know, which is like what PayPal and Stripe makes their living off, right? And when you offer the package thing, I think what WooCommerce package can be the WooCommerce software add-ons and the payment gateway. Now, if Automatic offers all three of them as a package to other hosts, which may not include GoDaddy because GoDaddy has their own payment you know, system and others may prefer to use their own, just like Woo Automatic and WooCommerce will prefer to use their own. So <laughs> it's mostly targeted at hosts that may not have their own auto, uh, you know, payment mm -hmm. system or mm -hmm. own plugins, because now I think every big hosting company has their own plugin, you know, suit like GoDaddy has Skyverge, uh, Bluehost has Width. And even this is, uh, we are talking now that because Bluehost and GoDaddy launched it with a lot of fanfare, but I think it has existed before also, like Nexus and Liquid Web were offering you know WooCommerce hosting for quite some time like almost a year now but it's just now they're making more noise and they, the noise get, gets amplified when automatic also follows the same thing um just before ken and michelle crack into this we'll just say a couple of comments come in the first one's from phil phil levine hello phil nice to have you with us says this is just going to generate more support uh, stroke confusion for people who think they can DIY but really need help. Okay, that's an interesting comment. Thank you. And Courtney, thank you for replying, Courtney. GoDaddy's plan includes the payment gate where Woo extensions, thank you. Oh, uh, yeah, and of course there was the Pagely acquisition a little while ago, which was a you know real top-tier uh, managed WordPress hosting company. So you get all of that goodness as well. Uh, Omnichannel selling, shared inventory, marketplaces. Oh, yeah, there's the whole sync, isn't there? So it syncs your product. So the GoDaddy offering specifically will sync your product inventory and catalog with a bunch of third-party marketplaces. If I, believe, I think it was at the bottom of this article, actually. Let me see if I can find that. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Etsy, Amazon, eBay, and various others as well. So if you're selling on those platforms, you just need the one Cody thing. Okay, so thank you, Courtney, for, for clarifying that. And I'll take that away and pass it over to Michelle or Ken. My first thought was everybody wants to be an existential threat these days. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of um, lots of people basically doing the same thing, and uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting how this pans out. Ken, uh, that's pretty much my approach. Is just how's it going to pan out? I'm very interested. I mean, I was. It was almost like a slam dunk, obvious choice to get into the WooCommerce space and get into the online um, shopping space, mostly because. As people continue to grow forward and the online marketing just continues, I mean, the online um, marketplaces, the stores and stuff continue to grow and everybody becomes their own entrepreneur to in a sense, everybody's going to need assistance. And so how do you get into that piece of the pie? How do we get people, give them the opportunity to create something without having to reach out to a developer or reach out to anybody to just do it? Hey. Let me let GoDaddy or let me let um, Bluehost or in this instance, uh, WordPress Automatic do it. Just press a button, 
hey, here you go. And hey, guess what? Here are some plugins and here's a um, payment gateway. And here are some people who can assist you with this. That way you're not trying to figure out or trying to find somebody to help assist your um, WooCommerce um, site. If you were a, if you were, if your speciality was uh, WooCommerce installations, you know, if you had a niche agency which was WooCommerce related, you know, you you're into WordPress, but you're specifically niching down on WooCommerce. I wonder if this is a time where you are starting to be a little bit nervous about the days, weeks, months, and years to come, or if this is just growing the the marketplace and growing the relevance and growing the recognition of it. You were shaking your head there, Ken. So obviously, you think. I think the answer is no, I guess. I'll give you a perfect example. Remember, there was a lot of developers that were threatened when WordPress first came out. They were like, oh, my mm. goodness, they're taking my job. So guess what? Yeah. It's now another opportunity for you to promote your business and say, hey, I can assist with this. There might be some things that I can't do. I mean, that GoDaddy or uh, WordPress can assist with. But guess what? If you don't want to have to worry about those things, I'll take care of it for you. And I'm still the point person, the one-on-one contact that you know and you see and can assist you directly with your um, with your um, functionality. Mm, yeah, yeah, good point. Okay, so anyway, I, we've, we're looking for this to drop in February next year. We'll see how the, you know, the advertising and all of that sort of ramps up in the days, weeks, and months to come. But another option, uh, February 2023. The article there was uh, entitled Hosted WooCommerce Solutions Coming to WordPress.com in 2023, plus some more. Um, And it was 12th of October, Sarah Gooding. Okay, let's mention a deal quickly. Uh, We occasionally mention these from time to time when when they come around. This we were mentioning Fluent Forms earlier, who had a lifetime deal. They've uh, they've put another one of their products. I think it's their first product. Um, their company is called WP Manage Ninja, and uh, Jewel, who is the I'm going to say CEO, that could be wrong, but I suspect he is. He reached out to me and he said, "Could you just mention this?" And I said, "Yeah, sure, looks good." And it's their oldest plugin. It's called um, Ninja Tables. And essentially, it, it's much more complicated than I thought. Davinda gave me some examples earlier about the kind of things that it can do. But the bottom line is it's a tables plugin for WordPress, but it seems like you can throw it with, throw it together with things like ACF and sock data out of custom post types to s- display in tables. And Davinda, you were mentioning that it's pretty cool with things like Google Sheets as well. Yeah, you can output any kind of data, be it just drop in a Google Sheets URL and it will output, or you can just display certain types of posts with categories or custom post type posts, or you can even display the results or the submissions of your contact form. So there are so many things it can do. It's not a simple, and it has all kinds of filters and search options that you can add. It's also good for showing WooCommerce products. Yeah, look at that. So it's like it's got all the faceted search. So I can old school table play get plugin plus Airtable kind of functionality. Huh, that's pretty incredible. Good question. How is it for responsiveness? Because I know a lot of table plugins really lack in that. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. You should try. I think they're going to go have- to their demo site and we'll have a little look, shall we? Uh, so here's a, so we've got a sidebar, so I can't do much about the sidebar, but let's, let's just uh, shrink this down. It's going to mess up our screen to be honest. But it doesn't matter. Let's have a look. There you go. That's what you get. Oh, nice. So let's have a look at the different breakpoints. You get, okay, so you get a, oh, no, it doesn't even scroll. It just truncates everything. When you get sort of 
that size, and then you get this. So it obviously lumps everything into one one row at a time, which is kind of what I'd expect, I would have thought. Uh, yeah, that looks pretty good. I'm happy with that. Um, yeah, sorry, go on, carry on. Well, I'm the proud owner, so I bought it the first time when they launched it. So I've used it on a few websites, but then it's a very niche product. And but whenever the need arises, it works. So plus yeah, this... I'm a Chrome user, so it matches with Fluent Forms perfectly fine. Yeah. So if you sorry, I'm not using this as an example of doing this again, but so this Black Friday page is essentially it's it's not a table, but it is a table. You know, it's got an image, it's got a title, it's got a description, it's got all these different fields and a button. Um, and you can search and filter things down here. Essentially, it would work really well in this same format, you know, images, all of this kind of stuff. So that, yeah, there's a good example. You've got the images and buttons and all that kind of stuff. So I could take the data for this, which, whoops, for this, which is currently held as a custom post type in WordPress yeah. with ACF mapping the fields. Uh, and then we're using Facet WP to display all of this. I could map all of this to a Google Sheet, which would be really easy for me to work with. And then Fluent Form, sorry, Fluent, what's it called? Fluent, ah, it's called Ninja Tables. That's it. Ninja Tables would periodically go and sync that sheet. Is that how it works, Devin? Did so, you know? So if you have a Google Sheet and you've added that URL into Ninja Table, right? And then yep. you go back and update the Google Sheet. Within a few minutes, your table also get it, get automatically <sighs> updated. So now you know what you have to do after this call. Yeah, stop it. You've just taken my... <laughs> Taking the rest of my day away. Um, okay, so the, the, it looks great. I mean, I've got to say, it looks great. I've had no problems with their products. They've been absolutely brilliant so far. Um, it is a lifetime deal. That's why I'm mentioning it. That's that was it. I'd forgotten why we were mentioning it. The the lifetime deal. Let's have a look. See if we can scroll and find the pricing. There you go. Um, so this is one domain is one hundred and twenty nine dollars. Uh, and it says here, lifetime updates, lifetime support, all features. Um, 20 domains is 249. And then if you want to go all in, all, unlimited domains, it's $400, I like it. Ah! <laughs> Look at that. Did you see that just for a brief moment? Look, there's Davinda <laughs> endorsing it. <laughs> see, That's great. <laughs> I, I wasn't faking it, right? I'm not it was so funny because it's on a carousel. It's on a carousel, and as soon as I'd spied it, it disappeared off to Chris Hughes. <laughs> but you obviously do like it if you're uh, if you're endorsing it on the website. So this is ninjatables.com forward slash discount deal. You, this kind of stuff intrigue you, uh, Ken or Michelle? This kind of plugin you'd find yourself digging into your pockets for? Uh, I'm intrigued. I'm definitely going to be looking into it. Yeah. Yeah, Ken. Intrigued. Let's yeah. take a look at it. Yeah, I think I think if if this had been like four years ago, I always I got more than intrigued by just about everything shiny like this. I would end <laughs> up sort of buying things and then having buyer's remorse when I realized like a year later I hadn't done it. I've definitely got a lot better at that now. I don't own this, but I'll definitely go back and and have a solid look at it. And here we go. The demo tab I think is the uh, is the thing that we want to look at. Uh, right, here's here's something which was unexpectedly cool this week. 
I uh, <laughs> I have no words to describe what happened this week. I was looking at a, and you won't be able to see the audio, right? But um, I use Main WP. I don't know if any of you use this. Main WP is a plugin. We've mentioned it loads on this show. It's a plugin which allows you to you install it on a dedicated WordPress install. So you might call it something like I don't know, um, manage or you know update and then you link it with a child plugin on all of your client websites. So you install the child plugin, and then it instantly starts to sync. And therefore, you can go and update all of your client websites. Uh, I was doing a podcast episode with a friend of mine called David Wormsley. He, we do it every couple of weeks on this on this channel. And uh, we were saying, do you know what would be really nice? It would be really nice if MainWP didn't just report the things that it did. So in other words, if you go and update a plugin from MainWP, it keeps track of that. Wouldn't it be nice if it kept track of things that your clients did without you? So, you know, they install a new plugin, they update a plugin manually. Wouldn't that be nice? Blow me. Uh, Dennis Dornan, the plugin founder, it just go. <laughs> built the feature went and built the feature and then he made this little short youtube video and it's included in there and it's it, he called it something i don't know something like the wp builds uh, non wp changes so i just thought i'd give him a bit of a hat tip i thought that was really cool not only did he listen to the podcast episode but then he took note went away and built the feature and added it into the plugin so i thought that was pretty incredible <laughs> That's a good feature. That's a great idea, and I'm glad to see it. And I'm glad that you got name recognition for it. Too. Oh, I don't think he's. I don't think he's ultimately going to call it that. He's ultimately calling. <laughs> here it is. Look, he's ultimately calling it something like non-main WP changes. But that's really cool, right? That that to me is kind of like a nice audit trail for things that your clients did that you didn't do that they then pretend they didn't do. You, you you've been there before, right? I didn't no, do it. No, you it, did do it. No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> and that would save you from putting on a second plugin like stream or something like that for it yeah yes. yeah i don't know how in-depth it's going to be but you can see on the video it just says the most recent non-main w plugin and theme changes so it looks like it's just plugin and theme changes but obviously if, if they've updated something or you know added a new plugin and they didn't do it via main WP, then yeah. I mean, it could just be an indication that the client is, you know, being a good custodian of their own website. You might take it as a positive, but also it's going to show you when they, I don't know, went in and did things that you knew were harmful. So I just thought that was kind of a cool feature. You know, you know what I would love for this as well is in, uh, let's just add on, um, if they change their passwords, because one of the biggest gripes is for me is password changes and yep. They'll say, okay, well, I didn't know that creating this using password one, two, three was going to get my website hacked. And if there was a way for me to um, get an idea that they changed their password to something that is below a certain strength level would be awesome. And I could say, hey, I suggest you change your password to something else. Yeah, that is a nice idea. Let's hope Dennis is listening to this. And in two <laughs> or three weeks time, he'll have the Ken Elliott's password management uh uh, extension for main WP. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I think, I think a lot of security plugins also show these because I use Batstack and it tracks everything that is done. And But the good thing is it doesn't store logs on your server. It stores logs on their server, so no pressure on your hosting. So yeah. it scans everything, like which plugin got updated, which user did it. So yeah. yeah What's the name I, of the I plugin guess... again? 
Patchstack. So Patchstack used to be WebArcs. It's um, it primarily markets itself as a sort of security firewall. So it's um, basically a product, but uh, that connects with your WordPress website. Yeah. So they have all they sorts have of additional. Issue. Yeah. Lots of additional functionality in Patch Stack as well. Um, yeah, they used to be called WebArcs. So if you see yes. WebArcs anywhere, then that's the same product. ARX. Yeah, about a, I don't know. Two years ago, they changed to Patch Stack because um, they thought it was a bit more of a, a bit more of a sensible name. Let's just get off into that tangent for a second because Ken's got me all intrigued with his password management thing. How do you how do you even do that? How do you guys manage passwords with your clients? I am. I'm using basically um, LastPass, and if they're not willing to use LastPass, that's kind of that's a bit of a red light. I uh, I want to know that they're going to use something secure like LastPass, and I use their Share Center feature. Um, and because LastPass is free, I I can't see any impediment to clients using that, even if they don't currently use it. Um, but I would never send it over, and you know, I wouldn't write a username and a password into the same email and send it to their, you know, plain text email account. So what, what are you doing there, Ken? I'm trying to find a solution that is great for everybody. Now, I know for me personally, because security and privacy is very important, and I do not want private um, their, my client's password sent to me in an email or text. A lot of times I'll say, hey, if you're going to send me your password to log into your to log into your site that I don't have access to, send me a voice message. At least that's not easily. I mean, it could be deciphered, huh. but a robot can't just read it off and then just brute force attack into a site. So I normally will ask for a voice message. But for me, I use one pass, um, one password. Yeah, and that's how I don't like when people ask me what's you know passwords i have no idea what any of my passwords are i don't know what my password for my banking information is yep. i don't have any clue because i let one password manage all that stuff and if i don't have it then i guess i'll be entering in forgot password yeah i'm the same uh, years it's probably a decade ago that i gave up trying to remember usernames and passwords and i i went to LastPass. i think basically f there's feature parity isn't there um, one password LastPass, all of these different password management solutions are basically doing the same thing what about you Devinda? would you send anything like that over the i don't know facebook messenger or <laughs> anything like that well i don't manage many client websites these days but whosoever manage like the sites i'm responsible for most of the clients have do not have admin accounts they only have a twitter account so they can't really do much damage plus you know eventually you will lose password here and there so the best bet is just have your backup stuff ready so <laughs> so yeah. you can replace it so that's yeah that's the only thing yeah um uh yeah I, I guess my backup is basically LastPass. i've got a boatload in there and it does make me wonder if somehow that did get you know let's say somebody put a keylogger on my computer and they really do get my master password. Um, I've got all sorts of backup authentication. So like LastPass can't be opened uh, until I use my, I've got this thing called a Yubi key. I don't know if you've come across a Yubi key before. He said trying to find his Yubi key. There, <laughs> I've got one of these. You've come across these before. It's like a, it's like a keyboard on a USB drive. 
And essentially, you just plug it in. LastPass says, okay, you've got your password right. Or it says something along those lines. Now use your Yubi key. And unless this device is enabled and I press the button on the top, then LastPass is locked anyway. So I've got backups for, for LastPass getting hacked as well. But I, I still entrust everything. I've got, shouldn't be saying all this, should I? But I've basically given my whole entire life over to... Uh, to last pass <laughs> so anybody want to come around to my house and steal my yobby key uh you know uh, good luck with that <laughs> michelle what um, about you i have lots of opinions on this um one definitely use a, a password manager like LastPass or one password instead of using your browser save passwords like in safari or chrome also how i send passwords over if, if they don't have LastPass or one password i can share it um, through them, um, through the um, through that app, I use either One Time Secret or QuickForget.com. Um, um, OneTimeSecret.com, you can only send text messages, but with QuickForget, you can also do files. Um, which for like QuickForget, I can say uh, if I'm sending it to like all of us that it can have up to three clicks on it and it'll expire in two hours. So once all three of you click on it, it's done. Or if it's like four hours later and someone didn't get theirs, it's still done because it's met its um, time for um, getting it. Yeah. Um, and then also you can have it where there's a paraphrase too on both one time secret and quick forget. That's interesting. So they sort of expire over time. If if you don't get there quick enough, it just poof, it's gone. And quickforget.com, if I remember right, is an Audrey Capital slash automatic option. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've not heard of that one, I confess. Have any of you heard of WebAuth? Because WebAuth is a new uh so it's it's following the standards laid down by the FIDO two framework which is what, um, well, I won't get into all that, but there's, there's this organization, FIDO, which is a, like a, a protocol for, for doing things like passwords and usernames and all of that. And so this is now being backed by uh, all these companies. So this is a pretty good laundry list. Firefox, Chrome, Edge, and Safari, they're building um, password authentication into the browser so it's not going to be the same as the browser remembering your username and password. It's that the browser will authenticate you based upon um, you having provided details to the browser. So, for example, that could be on your mobile phone. You could say, okay, um, my fingerprint once it's once it's been recognized on my phone, that is sufficient authorization to log me in to whatever it might be. And I think that's kind of cool because we no longer have to remember usernames and passwords. Is it insecure? Yes, because if somebody can, you know, knock you out with a frying pan and then steal your thumbprint, then you're toast. But that's always been the case, right? Somebody could knock you out with a frying pan and the frying pan and steal your wallet. But it just strikes me as like a really neat idea that biometric data potentially or it could be face on lock or it could be who knows but the 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 the, the secure enclave on your phone is going to have information which will be able to log you into things in the future and hopefully be uh, as m much more frictionless i think iTheme security has recently added this layer into their security product for logging in as well but i can't be 100 percent sure about that yes, last week uh, two weeks back i think is it web auth have i got that right 
I have no idea, but yeah, <laughs> they have yeah. just launched it. They did something along these lines, and uh, so what th what that does is you have to you have to authenticate in your browser. It then stores some kind of token in your browser, and from that moment on, if you you get a little bit of a you get a pop up notification, say in Chrome, you go to yourwebsite.com um, forward slash wp admin whatever, and it says you know, do you want to log in? And you say yes. And because it knows that you're allowed to log in there because you've entered details in the past and secured it with WebAuth, it allows you to log in without doing anything. You just press a button and you're off to the races, which is kind of cool, right? Yeah, and I think it's, the goal is, of course, to minimize the amount of logins that you have to do. But the idea is if you are who you say you are by your biometrics, then, hey, let's help you bypass this particular thing. Um, so you don't have to worry about. So what actually happens is the applications and the websites, they look onto your particular device. This is one thing Apple was mentioning that they were really into is instead of having you to put your thumbprint or to do your screen, your um, face recognition, you just come on. You've already technically logged into your device. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're there. Yeah. That that's that seems like a really frictionless way of doing things, doesn't it? You know, in other words, if if you've already logged in through your face ID, you've you've done it already. And so in the UK, when when phones started to be able to pay, there was there was a strict limit. So NFC payments, like with a card, there was a strict limit, and I think it was like thirty pounds or something like that, uh, because there was a worry that if somebody ran away with your card. They could repeatedly spend 30, you know, they could just essentially spend that amount over and over again, and there'd be no checks and balances. And then as soon as Apple came out with Apple Pay, that limit from Apple Pay was removed because they realized, okay, it's behind another layer of security. You've obviously logged into the phone. It, it's pretty much guaranteed to be you. And if it's not you, hopefully you'll figure that out straight away. But then other other. I've got we've got other sort of interesting things happening as well. So, for example, my bank transactions. I've authorized my bank to take my fingerprint as the authority to to do transactions. You know, if I'm going to send spend a hundred dollars over here, my bank says, "Whoa, wait a minute! Amazon's just told us that you're trying to spend a hundred dollars. Did you really want to do that?" And so I'm on my desktop, and then my phone beeps. And I click a button on the phone and enter my fingerprint. And then the Amazon website refreshes. And it's like, oh, I don't even understand how any of that stuff's working. But it's really cool. It feels kind of nice and safe to me. Yeah, we have a similar system here, which is called UPI, Unified Payment System. It's a government system. So it's free. So everyone has now come on board with that. Like earlier, you had to buy, use your, you know, you have to log in into your bank website to right. pay or use credit card. But now it's so simple. Even Amazon has enabled it now. So you just click that UPI icon, add your UPI key, and you will get a pop up on your phone, like you've requested to pay this many amount on this. So you just enter your ID and you're done. And UPI will basically transfer your money from your bank account to the merchant. And you can use it anywhere, Uber, Ola, or you know, Amazon, Netflix, everywhere. And that now internet banking's got to the point where, and I don't know what it's the same as you, if it's the same for you, but I've got notifications for everything for my bank switched on. It's one of the few apps which I allow on my bank on my phone to to bleep at me any time of day or night. Um, you know, and even if even if I spend like fifteen pence, I'm gonna get a ping and I'm gonna get a notification. So it's it's really it feels like as bulletproof as we can get. Let's you know, say I'm, SMS also. So say that again. 
they also send you an SMS also for right. every transaction. That yeah. You do. And so you can see, you know, every time somebody spends something and it, you know, it's kind of weird. You spend, you spend something on the desktop and your phone, which is in the other room instantly goes bing bong just to check, <laughs> you know, was this you? Yeah, it was me. Stop worrying about it. I wonder if we'll become desensitized to those notifications and just dismiss them all. And, uh, the hackers will prey on that. Ken, do you do you think this will be something in the future? And I know we're talking about WordPress. Do you think WordPress would see themselves implementing something like biometrics to unlock users? Well, there could be a plugin route. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine that the bio, the whole the whole bio thing is so fraught with you know if you're if you're storing biometric data, I'm guessing you probably wouldn't want to store that in a in a MySQL database out there on the internet somewhere. But but having a um, having a SaaS product or the browser handle it for you. That's the other thing. I really don't have any insight into how Google, Firefox, and Safari are doing this. I'm just trusting that their that their tech is up to you know is up to muster. But I would fully. Would be, I would wish to be able to log in everywhere with my biometrics. Um, and my understanding is at the moment, the biometrics are pretty robust and I can imagine they're only going to get better. You know, those fingerprint scanners in the years to come are just going to get better and better and better. Um, I'm on an Android phone and my understanding is that Android kind of is lacking compared to Apple in all of this stuff. But I think they're, I think they're kind of catching up fairly quickly. <laughs> The only thing to weigh with the biometrics that we have learned over the past two years is like when we're in the middle of a pandemic with the mask, there's that hiccup of what well, you have to like pull down your mask to get it to work or something like that out in public. Um, so in a way there would be, it would almost be better if we could do maybe like eye recognition or something like that, that we don't have to take those in a way health measures of pulling down the mask in the middle of everyone just to get your bank app to open to make sure you have enough money to pay for concert tickets or something like that yeah yeah there was a there was a really interesting project by a guy called steve gibson it was called squirrel and it stood for sq well it was sqrl and basically it was the idea that you would on your phone set up an identity and if you lost it, you're, you're basically screwed. But the idea was that you would back it up somewhere, um, probably write it down on a piece of paper and stick it in a book on a shelf that nobody knows about, like a 16-character 16, 16 string or something. That then becomes your identity online everywhere. And if you want to buy anything or log into anything, the website shows you a QR code. You scan it with your phone, and then it immediately makes a handshake, a completely secure handshake. So it logs you in. And it's the same details everywhere you go on the internet. And I kind of find that really a beguiling idea, the idea that the phone is the source of truth or whatever it may be, but you've got this one source of truth and and I really like that. Of course, if you're forgetful and you lose your phone a lot and you don't write that sort of stuff down, then you're a bit you're a bit fried. But anyway, go and Google Squirrel, S-Q-R-L. It was quite a nice idea. I don't know if it'll be taken off. Uh, Rob Cairn says he uses, where was it, Bitwarden? Uh, but we need to start turning on 2FA. Yes, turn on the 2FA. Uh, I, I, would, I don't know what Bitwarden's like. LastPass has its own 2FA solution, which syncs to your LastPass account. So you can take all those auth token, all those two FA tokens, and lock them into LastPass, which is quite nice. He also says uh, he will not use biometrics because you can be compelled to open 
in legally uh, sorry you can be compelled to open it by customs police and certain government agencies yeah i've kind of i've kind of made peace with that because i figure thus far in my life i haven't had too many encounters with customs or the police so um but that could change of course i might become like you know big bank robber tomorrow i've got a Davinda, that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm, I'm no longer going to be buying fluent forms, uh, ninja tables. I'm going to, I'm going to go out and rob <laughs> banks. Uh, but yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. If you can be enforced to, so this is where passwords come in, right? Because the the police can't decide what's in your head, but they can tell you to put your thumb on that there bit of glass. Well, you know, bottom line is nothing is secure, hundred percent. There's yeah. vulnerability in any system, be it government, private. There's that. So you just got to live with it and pray to yeah. God. Every- yeah. So and back it up, back up all the things, everything, back it up, have backups of everything. <laughs> That's the key. Okay, right. We had a couple of articles about WordPress dramas. I don't think we're going to get to those this week, but we are going to mention a couple of other things. We've got about 10 minutes left. We've strayed off the, uh, strayed off the path a little bit, but never mind. Davinda mentioned this. I was going to mention this next week, but he got in there first. Uh, this is This is new, right? This is still like hot off the press. It's called WP Turbo. Dot dev wpturbo.dev what is this davinda what are we looking at so basically it has all the you know different types of online code generator tools like post types you want to build element of widget um there's so many of them this is almost 40 plus so this is free but if you compare it with other you know generators now most of them have become pro or paid now i think this also has a pro uh, you know, version where you can actually store your snippets. And we've already seen few services that does that. So basically, they're offering generator plus a place to store snippet. So seems like a good idea. Let's see how it takes off, because I think it was launched last week only. Yeah, so this is kind of cool. I stumbled across it independently of Davinda. I was thinking, like I said, it didn't make the cut for this week. I was going to do it next week. So for example, this is for like the people who, yeah, the, you, you don't want to be I don't know how, how to describe it. You don't want to describe yourself as a hardcore coder, but you would like to do things with snippets instead of installing a plugin to do all the things. So, for example, you can see here there are nine categories. You can do things like post type generator, taxonomy generator, shortcut generator, and other things, theme.json generator. Let's just click on the post type generator, and it instantly gives you a UI. So there's the basics. You can give it a name and a function, sorry, a text domain and a function name. You can It can support child themes. You can talk about different post types, labels. You can say what it supports. Oh, that's cool. Look, you just toggle them on and off. So is it going to have an author? Yes or no. Is it going to have comments? Yes or no. Taxonomies, visibility. This is great. And it just amends the the, um, the snippet at the bottom on the fly. And then you copy and paste it into, well, functions.php for want of a better place, let's say there. That's cool. Uh, so at the minute, post type, taxonomy, menu, shortcode, hook, wpconfig.php. Generator, starter plugin, theme.json, and WP query generator. Ooh. Browse button, and you'll see more of them. And there's more, 40 more. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, is this them here? WordPress ad. Okay, WordPress admin generators. There's a bunch there. Query generators. There's a whole bunch there. WooCommerce. Oh, I didn't see this. Oh, Ken, look. Elementor generators. You can get your own <laughs> Elementor widgets. Let's see what happens if we do that. Ooh, look. That's kind of fun. So it's for those of you who don't want to code but want to fiddle with your snippets instead. 
I know a man who will enjoy this. His name's David Wormsley. Alex Portoff, who also runs the Marmite website. Say that again. Alex Porto. What, he was the guy that came up with this? Yes, and he also runs that website, wpmarmite.com. Okay, right, okay. Well, yeah, it's definitely new because if you look at the blog, it doesn't go back that far. I think it's like a month old or something like that. So uh, go and check it out, WP Turbo. Like this, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Anything to say about this? You too, Ken, Michelle? You know, I kind of want to play with it now. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And matter of fact, yeah. I'm kind of wonder how long it's going to be under free because this is a very robust um, generator. So we'll see how long this I stays free. For storing your cloud snippets, not for generators, uh, to what I have understood so far. The um the, the another companion to this, I don't know if it does it, Davinda. Maybe you can tell me. WP Codebox is a plugin that I've used recently. And if if Michelle and Ken, if you haven't come across this one, it's an absolute winner. Um, it's called WP Codebox, and essentially, and it allows you to put things like these snippets into your WordPress website and then set conditions on when it'll run. So, for example, you would say, okay, only run this snippet if, I don't know, it's on this page or if it's of this user role or if the username is this or, well, come up with anything if the landing page was this or, you know, if the referrer was this. It's absolutely brilliant. And so I feel that these two would go really well together. They do, don't they, Divinda? There is a growing library of snippets, but I don't know if it's quite as in-depth as this. The WP Codebox has a companion website called wpcodebin.com, and okay. that is where sharing the snippets, and you can basically copy or change it. So okay. WP Codebox basically is only service to store your snippets on the cloud, whereas wpcodebin.com is basically, you know, user-generated library of uh, code snippets, similar yeah. to code dot cloud from codesnippets.com. That's another product which is similar on this line. Yeah, so you wanted me to mention this one. You think, did you say Andrew Palmer from Birthray AI? He's behind this one. This is codesnippets.cloud. Similar idea, right? Yep, this is free service. Like you can store your snippets, but their main product is codesnippets.com, which is basically the plugin and the cloud thing. Okay, so let me have a look at that. So if I go to codesnippets.com, is this it? Is it loading or have I got there already? That was either really fast or it's still, yeah, I think I got there. Um, so this is where you, so is this the same idea? Codesnippets.com, you can create your snippets and then you can save them into their cloud as well. Oh, look, Elemental ones. Ready, ho. Okay. All right. So and they also have a pre existing snippets, like you can okay. also use it. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. But the one we were mentioning today, wpturbo.com. Beta, go and check that out. Sorry, wptturbo.dev. I'll put the link in the in the show notes. And ha, huh, I don't even know what to say about this. Um, this is one from Groundhog. It's not really related to WordPress, but it's to do with uh, you know. I guess we're all into email at some point in our lives. Probably sending out, spraying out emails for clients and things like that. I had no idea this was a thing. Uh, Groundhog is saying that essentially. Uh, a lot of the emails that you send out will be returning uh, completely irrelevant data about how many times they've been opened because the techniques that we're using for measuring openings, which is very often something like a, a pixel, a little image pixel, something like that, and it will uh, you know, phone home to say, yes, I have been downloaded, therefore the email should have been opened. 
Um, this is now a bit out of date because a lot of robots are opening these things. And the, the, a good example would be the following four things. Apple Mail introduced something called Mail Privacy Protection, which preloads all images, resulting in inflated open rates. In other words, if the recipient of your email is using Apple Mail, they will open it whether they open it or not. So you've already got a complete false positive. Maybe they just binned it, but Apple will have opened your pixel, and so they'll have, you'll have got a one for that person. Gmail prefetch images in some cases, whether the recipient opened it, opened it or not, and that's the biggest. I, I don't know what it is, but it's something like it's several billion people use Gmail, um, and if your users are using that. Hey.com blocks email tracking pixels altogether. That's a growing service. And then there's things like spam filters like Barracuda will also just go around visiting links, checking if they're malicious or not, which, again, is going to inflate your click rates. I had no idea this was even a thing. I confess, on WP Builds, we send out weekly emails, two a week. I don't look too much at the data, but it is kind of weird to think that all of those stats that we once thought were useful are now probably not useful. <laughs> Yeah, there's no perfect answer to this, but what whatever they've written is perfectly correct. But uh, does that apply to everyone? I really don't know because in the end, if someone wants to, you know, come on your email stuff, they will ask you what is your open rate and what is your click rate, right? These are the two stats they will ask you, and you will only tell them what you know or what's it's there in your email marketing software. Now, if you have hosted uh, email marketing software on your WordPress, which is connected to Amazon. Uh, or Amazon SES or some other, you know, transactional email service, then things might be a little difficult because you will not have manual, uh, you know, controls. Whereas if you're using something like ConvertKit, MailerLite, or these kind of services, they have their, they are definitely one step ahead of their game because again, they are in that business, right? So I think the next step would be how many email replies do you, do you get to your email newsletter? Yeah. So yeah. I, I often get, so that means some people are reading it. So that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I suppose what we really need is a manual reply. You know, we can confirm that 6,000 people have manually replied saying, <laughs> yes, I got your email, Nathan. Yeah. Just interesting. We seem to be in that era where people are definitely more privacy focused than they were five years ago. And this kind of data, which we once took for granted as a metric, which we could rely on is sort of slowly disappearing. Do you do any of this kind of stuff, Michelle, Ken? On the um, us sending out the emails, um, not for what I do, but um, where I work during the day does have a team that does email um, marketing. Now, for me as a reader, I am a avid Apple Mail user. So, yeah, unfortunately, people are going to think I open everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is interesting because you know, imagine that you are drilling down onto customers who who are keen and engaged in your products or services. Michelle, if I'm sending you an email twice a week and I see that you've opened every single one more or less as soon as I sent it, I'm I'm really thinking you're like a red-hot customer of mine, whereas in fact uh, it's Apple Mail who's a red-hot customer of mine and I might end up wasting a load of energy trying to you know, encourage you to buy things and pixel you with Facebook pixels and all of that kind of stuff. So it's just kind of muddying the water a bit, which I guess is the point. That's what these privacy initiatives are for. Make it as difficult as possible to get the data out. And eventually, hopefully, everybody will just give up and throw their hands in the air and say, it's not worth it. <laughs> Ken, any thoughts? 
if there's one thing we thought that was really sure in marketing was email, we were almost guaranteed email was the last frontier when it came to, hey, this is a guarantee this person on the other end of this email will respond. This is somebody who's a human. And now we don't have that anymore. So now it becomes, what's the point of online marketing at all? Why do it? <laughs> so yeah. hopefully there is a way, like um, the vendor says, to manually account for somebody who is truly interested in the email. But there's no guarantee at this point. Let's just send out a whole bunch of spam spam mail and see what happens. Yeah, it's interesting because in the day when we were all growing up, I say we were all growing up. I hope I'm not implicating that you're of a, you know, a, <laughs> let's let let's hope not, none of you are in your early twenties. Put it that way. The obviously the internet didn't exist and stuff just dropped through your letterbox and it was just pr- largely a complete waste of money. You know, you'd get like a, a pizza menu or something like that and and you know ninety nine percent of that stuff would end up in the bin. The occasional one, it feels like that's where we're getting back to. Um, and we've just got used to the fact that we could shave off the wastage and figure out who was reading our stuff. And maybe that was something that was only going to last in the Internet's infancy. And after a 20 years or so of the Internet being about, we've eventually got savvy enough to realize, actually, we don't want that anymore. Let's go back to the day when marketers have got to waste money to try and find us. And no doubt they'll figure out another clever way to fingerprint us and get, get money out of us. <laughs> you know what's funny? You know, we always think we can outsmart technology and then technology outsmarts us again. Yeah. And so now we got to find another way to outsmart that technology. So yeah, that's right. Be <laughs> yeah. Going loop. Yeah. 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 There'll be something. There'll be some way of doing it. Okay. The very last thing we always do a sort of bit at the end, which has got absolutely nothing to do with WordPress. This is my, this is my pick of the week. If you like, I'm going to call it that. I came across this website this week. I lost so many hours. It was ridiculous. This is called flight radar 24 uh i mean <laughs> whoa uh so what this is sh- i'm just going to refresh it because it'll at some point it'll give up on me what this is showing <laughs> look at it this is just showing for those of you that are listening i apologize it's showing all the flights that are in the air at the moment and actually the ones on the tarmac as well so the ones on the runway and what you can do is you can install it on your phone and any plane that goes over you in the sky you can see it on your phone screen. You just tap it, and it tells you where the plane's coming from, where it's going to, what time it's set off, how many, how big the plane is, what kind it is, and all that kind of stuff. And for the geek in me, I was totally lost. I honestly lost like several hours this week just nerding out on what plane could be flying overhead. And mostly what I was interested about was how jealous I was of where their destinations were. That's kind of what I figured out in the end. I just basically became a voyeur of, they're off to like Las Vegas. Oh, they're off to like Honolulu or something like that. Just kind of feeling a little bit jealous about it all. I just thought this was a really cool website that I thought I'd share. I don't know if any of you got a chance to see this one, but it's very cool. Install it on your phone. It's a little bit like one of those website, those phone apps where you point it at the sky at night and it shows you where the stars are and all that kind of stuff, and you nerd out on the constellations. It's kind of like a great example of what the what the I web was for. The area also where there was no flight. Uh, just zoom out a little. And okay. See the places there. Yeah, look here. This is like the twilight zone. Anything, <laughs> anything <laughs> here is. Even takes up. 
planes besides ships. The the Bermuda Triangle is kind of here, isn't it? This is the Bermuda Triangle, and it is largely bereft of airplanes, which is kind of weird. There's not really a lot in there. They all just sort of disappear at this boundary here. Anyway, just look at it. Look how many planes are in the sky at the minute. There's literally thousands of them. Is there any wonder? But it is also kind of interesting. You know, it, it does it does point to a sort of geographical divide of how the world is uh, prosperous if you like you know if you look at europe and north america it's just basically a sea of airplanes and you uh, you move it elsewhere into different parts of the world and it really is a different picture absolutely fascinating so that's called flightradar24.com don't blame me if you go there this week and you never come up for air because uh, you know it's a it's a hot mess uh, once you get into it i honestly wasted a bunch of time right that's it we're finished for this week. Um, I don't know if you guys want to just quickly share something that you're doing this week or where we can find you. Let's go around one at a time uh, and you can tell us where we can find you this week, what you're doing. First off, Ken, what are you up to this week and where can we find you online? I am doing my favorite theme, making sure my clients' websites are very protected and they're providing strong passwords. Um, outside <laughs> of that, <laughs> you can find me on at Kenneth Speaks on Twitter, Instagram, um, you can find me, Kenneth Elliott, on LinkedIn and all of the things. So, yeah, just please follow me. And, hey, I love to chat. I'm the social, I'm the networking in- introvert, but I love to chat. Yeah, nice. Well, thank you for joining us this week, Ken. Appreciate it. Michelle, what about you? What are you doing and where can we find you? I'm going to be working on my slides for the work X. 24-hour uh, virtual yes. conference, November 2nd and 3rd, um, because that's, I try my best to not be one of those who, oh, it's like tomorrow and I need to hurry up and finish yeah. my slides. <laughs> Can I ask what your presentation is concerning? What are you covering? I am going to be covering, not everybody wants a video. Um uh, and it's going to be about with accessibility that you might not think of when it comes to posting the um, like Facebook lives and uh, TikToks and things like that, where uh, number one, you are betting on their closed captionings, which I hardly ever really get it right fully, especially if you're using um, different types of slang words. And then also, so many people now for your neuro- neurodivergence would rather just like have their toenails pulled out than just sit there and watch videos, <laughs> especially like learning something. Um, I'm one of those who will like fast forward, pause and uh, all of that with videos when I'm trying to learn something because either they're just going too slow or too fast. And it would be so much easier if I just had a printout of everything it said. Right. Right, right. And so it's going to be half of Michelle ranting about videos and the other half of what we can do to make it better. That's cool. So that's the WordPress Accessibility Day. We've talked about it for several weeks in the run up to it. So hopefully, if you've been listening to this, you've got the URL written down there somewhere. So, but thank you, Michelle, fighting the good fight. Well done. And um, Davinda, what's happening? And oh, it's counting votes, is it? <laughs> no, that will happen in December. Oh, but... yeah. <laughs> Just following up with WP things and WordPress things, but this week would be a busy week because it's a Diwali weekend, so a lot of holidays here, the busiest part of the year. So I'll be busy offline with a lot of things. So yeah, our Christmas, like Christmas side of the world. So yeah, the most. uh, So all the the 
the market's already all lit up with lights and all that stuff. So, oh, very awesome. nice. Yeah, well, happy so, Diwali in that case. I hope you have a nice time. Thanks for anybody who joined us and made a comment. Really appreciate it. We'll be back next week. We'll have a different panel of guests. But for this week, I forgot to say, uh, Ken, Michelle, and Davinda, we've got to do the old wavy hand thing. If you don't mind, yeah. Oh, look, everybody, look at that straight away. Thank you very much indeed. We'll be back next week. Really appreciate your participation. Thanks very much. See you again. Bye.